Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going to a city that's set on the hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we're also on YouTube, the most highly censored video channel. And we are we have our website, propheticnews.com. We have our two books on Amazon, our book on Paula White, and our book Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? Those are under my name, Susan Puzio, so you can find those there. I am re-editing my Paula White book and adding some more information and also changing the title. And then I'll be working on re-editing my Seed Faith book also and changing the title, so time to update the information that's one thing good about self-publishing you can always update the information but i wanted to bring on my very special guest today my special guest is jackie alnor hello susan yes jackie how are you i'm doing well just getting over that plague (laughs) yeah the plague which uh, it's hitting everybody and there was a headline i just read on the Drudge report that there's a new one, and it's it's even more contagious than Omicron. Oh, great! Well, I hope that I've got my immune system in order to, or my antibodies now, so that I can resist whatever's coming. But you never know, you know. My uh, I have people in my family who just got this Omicron, and and they've had they had COVID last year, and they had the shot. And they still got it. So yeah. who knows? It's crazy. No, we don't know. We don't know who's doing it. We don't know if they're dropping it out of the sky. You just don't <laughs> know. You really don't know. No, no. Because but you know what? I, I've had worse flus. You know, I've had the you know the seasonal flu that, that, that hit me harder than this did. But... You know, not that I welcome any of it, but what happened to the seasonal flu? Well, I think people <laughs> people mask up and they don't cough and sneeze on you like they used to do back in the day. So <laughs> that's what happened to the flu. You mean but, so it wiped out the flu, but but not this plague? That's that's no, something. because this plague is different. It, it's you can catch it differently then usually if somebody had the flu, if they coughed on you or sneezed, which people did, and then they went to shake your hand. Remember in church? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, give, or the hug. Give yeah, everybody the hug. a hug. 
<laughs> little sloppy and gothy, right? Yeah, and <laughs> then, of course, people didn't pay attention so much to it back then because it was only the flu. People didn't really die that much from the flu, but this thing will kill you. Or it could. Yeah, yeah. it could. And and so could the the preventative medicine, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, know, you lose either way. Except, you know what? I was, you know, a, mem- a, a family member passed away at, right around the new year. And so uh, we, I, I don't know how I got talked into it, but we flew to Pennsylvania for the memorial service and all of that. And either coming or going, that airplane, people coughing and sneezing and wheezing all over that airplane. Now, how, even with the diaper on your face, <laughs> how, how do you prevent <laughs> catching something in an environment like that when you're shoved in like sardines. No, you can't. There's no way. They tell you, oh, we have these things that clean the air. There's no way they clean the air on an airplane. They yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, well, you know better. I mean, even in the in the terminal, this kid was running around and, you know, dropping pens underneath my feet and crawling underneath to pick up his pencils or whatever, and he was just hacking and coughing the whole time. Yeah, well, exactly. so, so I couldn't, I couldn't have avoided it, you know, seriously. But at the same time, now that I, at least I feel now I have my immunity, at least to Omicron. So I actually feel freer to get out of the house and to move around without worrying about catching this thing. Because I don't like being, you know, tied up in my house. I don't. Oh, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like being sick. So. <laughs> I don't like being sick either. That's why so much of us have, you know, just been locked down so much because we don't want to get sick. But like I said, it lasted longer than the flu, but it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as um, painful, I guess, or it wasn't as severe as flu. But, and oh, I had yeah, pneumonia. For you. For you. Well, but, yes, yeah. I know. We, we do yeah. have a mutual friend who yeah, didn't do so well. No. Yeah. You never know, though. You never know how it's going to affect you. You just don't, because everybody's different. You hear that all the time, but it's true, because every every story I hear is different on how it, it's affected people that I know and love. Well, yeah, and see, it's the fear factor that gets to you, because when you test positive for it, then you're sitting and waiting for the ball to drop, you know? Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm negative now, <laughs> and I mean, I, I got on the other side of this thing, and, you know, I'm still a little scratchy in the throat a little bit. Not bad, but it's like any time you te- you're getting over a cold or something. But at least I, I tested up negative. But, you know, it's just one of those things that you don't know what could happen. because no, you don't. No. Y- because you hear all these horrible stories and people, you know, ending up on ventilators. And that's a scary thought. So it's more of a, it's almost like psychological warfare. It's very psychological. Yeah, it's very, it's very uh, psychological warfare. It does. It, it it can really play on your mind if you let it. It depends yeah. on what your lifestyle is, I guess. And for some people, they have to get out there. They have to go to work in a building with other people, or they have to take tra- public transportation. There's so many different ways that people have to expose themselves and they probably don't really want to, but they still have to live. The kids have to go to school. And so it's, it's, it's a scary time. I think it's a really the most frightening time I ever remember 
in my life. And, and then most hospitals and, and doctors can't even give you the right treatment for no. it if you do get it. And, you know, if anyone needs to know, I do have a list of places all over the country that will give you the ivermectin and the z which is what people like Joe Rogan and others have recommended. And in fact, we got the list from Dr. Peter McCullough, who was the scientist who came up with the mRNA and now get, doesn't promote it, right? And so uh, my daughter emailed him and, and he gave her an entire list. He, and so a- he, went, he actually emailed you back. That's like a real doctor. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we went to, there was only one place in, in, in my area. And we went there and sure enough, they, they had, they had to give us the meds from their own pharmacy, um, that was part of the clinic because you couldn't get it in, in, at CVS or Walgreens or anywhere. And that's what I'm saying. So if somebody does come up positive, you know, contact me and I'll pass along that, that, information and you can look it up and see if there's something close in your state because uh my my son-in-law he was he we he got it really early and so after two days on the ivermectin he was over this yeah because he did it early you have to do it right as soon as you find out you have symptoms yeah yeah well so it helped so my, so it helped yeah. they're telling you the fake news and and uh it it doesn't always help everybody because I've known people that have taken it. Maybe I don't know when they took it. So you said because he took it as soon as he had symptoms, he was a, he had it on hand or and he was able to get it. Like you said, it's well, hard well, to because, get well, because it. He was, yeah, because my daughter had it a while and he knew he was catching it from her. So when she went to get treatment, he went also, and and so he was starting. You know, he did test positive, and so but it was early on. It's early treatment. Everyone keeps saying yeah, that. All of yeah. the specialized, you have to treat it early and catch it early because, you know, my daughter and I, we kind of were sick for a week before we went in and um, <laughs> we shouldn't have waited that long. No, you waited it, too long. Yeah. But I, except I could see an immediate improvement when I took the ivermectin. I, I really could see an immediate improvement, but yeah. it didn't work like my son-in-law thought, wow, this is like totally took away the congestion he had and everything wow. immediately. Wow. You see, he caught it early. Yeah, that horse dewormer, right? That they keep talking about. Yeah. Horse dewormer. Yeah. But it does That's it right. does help. It has helped some people that I, I've known. Like I said, I've known some people that didn't have the same experience. Didn't respond to, well, the other thing is the ZPEC, which is what, erythromycin or something like that. It's uh, an anti- antibiotic. So you take it in conjunction with an antibiotic. I don't think it works by itself. That's why it's the two things together, the ivermectin and the, and, and the antibiotic. Yeah, so you can contact Jackie on her Facebook page, Jackie Alnor, and uh, she'll give you the information because she, like she said, the, the pharmacies won't even fill these prescriptions and you have to find the right doctor to go to and this Peter McCullough is really something else in my book because doctors don't email you. <laughs> yeah, they and right away. They talk to you five minutes. They won't pick up the phone. Or, and here he did help you. That was really mm-hmm. wonderful. I think that's very commendable of him, but that's what a doctor is for. And sure. So, thank that's God. the Hippocratic Oath, right? Well, it's supposed to be, but 
anybody that's <laughs> dealt with doctors knows that most of the time they don't call you. You can't talk to them on the phone. Never mind mm-hmm. paying attention to your email and doing it promptly. So they have a real, uh, these certain doctors that are working hard to get people different medicines and, uh, they have a heart for the people for the sick. And so it's, it's very commendable really, but thank God you're okay. Because I, I, I was worried about you. I worry about all my friends that come down with it. I call them every day or text them or email. <laughs> I've been getting texts from you. Are you okay? How are you today? <laughs> well, I have to know because some, some of my friends I'd say, how are you doing after 10 days? Oh, we're okay. And then like on the 10th or 11th day, they're in the hospital on a ventilator. So that's why yeah. I always check up on my friends. I try to check on them every day to see how they're doing, especially in the beginning stages. So then I, after about two or three weeks, then I can let off when I know that they're really recovering. But I always want yeah. to know how how they are because I do I do think about them and it's on my mind. I wonder how they're doing and because of the nightmare stories. Yeah, and I have another you know, close relative in California who just came down with it. And so I found myself, you know, losing sleep worrying over yeah, worrying exactly. about her. Exactly, you do. You know, yeah. it, it does that to you. And that's part of this this psychosis over this thing. I mean, it really is the fear factor that gets to, gets to everybody. It really is. It does. It does get to you. And Thank God we have the Lord to help us because I don't know what people do when they don't have the Lord and how they can stay sane. You see people going crazy all over the place and you can understand why they're, they are acting like that because it's too much. It's too much for the human mind to deal with. If you don't have a rock to lean on. Yeah, that's true. And you know, and even those who, we know are very strong in their faith, they can still succumb to this. And, and, and that when you see things like that, then it, it, it's kind of sobering. And I don't know, maybe the Lord can use it with people who, you know, maybe if someone's backsliding or something and they think eternity is looming, then maybe it took that to get them right with the Lord there, you know, God will, will use, will use it. You know, the old Romans eight twenty eight. <laughs> You know, he'll turn all things to good for those who love him and are called to his purposes. Well, and so that's very true because when you're on your deathbed, you think you do think about your life. You have to reflect on your life, and I guess almost every American's heard the gospel. Probably you have to think that they have heard it in some way, shape, sure. or form. So they sure, they, they've all seen Joel Osteen, right? Yeah. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. Yeah, well, he has a lot of he has a lot of coverage, that's for sure. But <laughs> so yeah, God God can use something like that to wake people up to uh, what could happen to them if they don't make it. Sure, because because there is that risk. There that is, is that true. risk. There's that, that's there is that risk, and so yeah, it's a it's a good time for reflection. I think it's I think it's been a real knockout punch for so many people because we never thought in our lifetime that we we would ever see anything like this. We couldn't even think of think of it. No, no. 
It, 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 it really is, especially how big it is. It's the whole world. Yeah, it's the whole world, yeah. You know, you can see having an outbreak of the bird flu or something like that here or there, but not the entire planet. That That's the strangest thing that I don't think, I don't even think the influenza of 1918 that killed millions of people, I don't even think that was absolutely global. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think there's anything like this, but you could you could see the whole scheme of it where it's bringing in the one world government. Right. It's being used. It's, it's one of those schemes of the devil, seriously. And I know we've called this, uh, this episode, the, the devil's chess game. And that's one of his, you know, what's one of his little men on the chessboard is the one bringing in the plague and the famine. But, you know, it's interesting because that is prophesied. That is, uh, you know, pestilence because these are little pests, you know, that uh, the that Jesus is on the Olivet Discourse said that it would increase towards the end times. And so if you look at this it, as a birth pang, then we know Jesus is coming all the sooner. And you know that each time as we get closer, just as he compared it to a woman in labor, then those things are going to get worse and worse. So it's no joke when someone like Bill Gates says, oh, where do you see the next thing? Well, be, you know, that's the way it is going to go with or without the help of, of uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. yeah, he might not be bragging so much if he's a victim of the next thing. They they think, I guess they think they have this Superman complex or something, and they think they're not vulnerable to the things of this world. But I don't care how rich yeah. you well, are, you're still vulnerable. Their, they'll, they'll be in their sanitized ivory tower, million dollar, multi-million dollar mansion, and nothing can get them there, or on their own little private island. With Epstein, oh no, I think we can't be with him anymore. But anyway, you know. <laughs> well, you you don't know if somebody's dropping it out of the air. You don't really know. You don't. Yeah, know. That, I mean, that's true. You that's don't true. know where who, who's doing it. How do you yeah. affect the whole world with a virus? There's something going on. <laughs> yeah, it's not rats this time. So keeping rats out of your house isn't going to help this time. No, and so. Yeah, you don't know where it's coming from. And the fact that it keeps mutating, it's so weird. And people, there's more sick people now than there was even in the beginning of this thing. And even the, these vaccines aren't helping because it's not effective against this variant. So they can't even keep up. They can't I know, and then too many people are, you know, are just, Dying in their sleep just out of nowhere with cardiac arrest in their sleep like after getting the booster. Yeah. So there's that side of things as well. Well, there definitely is that side of things. And so they they don't talk about it so much. They, they try not to talk about it. They try to cover it up, and then they try to say that certain people should be censored. Well, I, I think if people have a testimony, like, for instance, Eric Clapton, and, oh yeah. Yeah. So he's testifying from his heart about his experience with the AstraZeneca vaccine, 
he has no reason to make it up. Uh, he play, he's been playing the guitar for what, 60 years, maybe more. Yeah. And he, he couldn't play his guitar after he took the vaccine. So and people are coming against him because he's giving his testimony about how sick he got. Wow. I know. And he just didn't know what hit him. It's like, how could this happen? It was, it really shocked him because he didn't anticipate that. You know, you don't think that some mandatory, mandatory, am I saying that right? Something that's absolutely mandatory, not mandatory, mandatory. (laughs) If it's mandatory by the government, then you have to think, oh, well, it's going to, it's going to help me, not hurt me. Well, they're they're still experimental, these vaccines. They haven't been. I know. And we don't know if there's any long-term effects from it. No, you don't know. It's a a gamble. And they want you to, even companies will say, force you to gamble with your life. Wow. It has to be a personal decision. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. It's your life. But you can't expect everybody to do what you're doing if that's not their choice because you're obviously people are still getting sick even though they want to blame the unvaccinated with their and then they're bringing these people in overnight thousands of people are coming across the border and our government is picking these people up and putting them on buses and then flying them around the country and dumping them off in the cities Uh, and then they want to blame unvaccinated people for spreading viruses when who are, they're bringing all these people in here. We don't know who these people are. <laughs> it's very strange. It's all, <laughs> it's all very strange. But then they, it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? There's not too much I can do. All I can do is pray and live my life and trust God because I know ultimately God is in control no matter what anybody tries to do. Well, I really do just see it as another sign of the times. And certainly because we know that the Lord's coming is so soon, or it's on the horizon anyway, that we all need to, you know, make sure that we're connected to the vine and that we stay in the word and not deny his name and not be ashamed of him. Because that's another thing, you know, the cancel culture today is trying to get people to you know, shut up about Jesus. And, you know, and there, there's that temptation because, you know, mentioning his name can start a riot at, you know, if you're with unsaved people. <laughs> and um, it, it's true. I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, we have to be bolder with the gospel and with with naming the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Amen to that. Oh, thank God that I have this radio broadcast because... And God's given me the freedom to really say what I want. And someone blessed me with some new equipment, which I'm just thrilled about, so we could go to the next level of broadcasting. And that was great. Yeah, it was beautiful that uh, the Lord provided this equipment. It was just, I think, right on time, really, because we're we're growing and. So we have to be able to have good sound so that we can continue to grow and help people that need to be helped out there. We had 940,000 
listens over the years, accumulated listens, of course, since um, we started broadcasting in 2009. So I'm very pleased with that because that's almost a million people to reach on a very limited budget. So everybody can do their part. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we hope we can get this spread more where we can reach more people because that's yeah, the whole point. That's the whole point. It's yeah, exactly. it staying in communication with the body of Christ, seriously. Because now that's another thing that's been very terribly affected is people not losing contact with others just from not being able to gather together. Yeah. But, you know, it's had a bad impact on, you know, just on people, even families being together or just yeah. even travel. Yeah. Families. Yeah. A big impact on all that. So, but it, I think that again, it's a time for people to really get close to the Lord on their own instead of depending on the pastor for everything. Sure. And, yeah, and, sure. and most people were doing that anyway. So then all of a sudden it was taken away from you. But in God's plan, it's like, okay, it's me and you. And we have to totally depend on the Lord. because And then yeah. find fellowship wherever we can find it, whether it's on the phone or it's on the internet. Because even with this broadcast, we're, we have listeners in Australia and South Africa, New Zealand, and England, Canada, all these countries that are really going through these lockdowns, and they had that big truckers march, thank God, in Canada, where the, the truckers wow, were. Wow, yeah. That was amazing that all these truckers were coming together and trying to stop these mandates that are, that are really going to affect trucking which is so necessary. I don't know why they want to mess with the truckers. But. Well, yeah, and the truckers can't get from Canada to America, and we go back and forth. I mean, you know, Canada and, and America share all our resources, and how do you get them to them and their stuff to us if they can't get across the border? Oh, it's terrible. You know, it's because terrible. of the mandate of, you know, they have to prove they've had the the full the full jab, not just one. They have to have two and the booster and all of that. And they got to prove it just to get across the border. And that's going into Canada. And with the Canadian truckers are coming down here, they have to be um, quarantined. They have to test negative and be quarantined for, for 14 days. No. So how is that getting our products on the shelf? My daughter went to get cat food the other day and sent me this picture. It wasn't any, the whole, the whole pet aisle, the whole cat food section was all empty just <gasps> you know a couple uh, yeah a couple of little bags here or there left well that's it then it it, it's going to be hard to get oh yes and in fact my my sister-in-law in in you know suburb of, of pittsburgh in pennsylvania she had the same problem she couldn't get cat food i better stock up on cat food <laughs> i know <laughs> i know <laughs> I get I get it out from the internet and I get it delivered. I better look and yeah. see. I better order <laughs> a couple cases. My little boy, he has to eat. <laughs> yeah, you may have to start cooking him some bacon and eggs for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would like that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he would. 
He's too much. He he was over here before I have my equipment over here, and he's he likes to rub up against the equipment. So I'm trying to get him away from rubbing up. What does he do? He smacks me. <laughs> oh, he's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Oh, oh anyway. So we're going to play some of these clips. Oh, wow. There's some, that Klaus Schwab, man, what a nut. Yeah, well, he's, he's in the thick of it. I wouldn't say he's the Antichrist, but boy, the spirit of Antichrist is sure pulling his strings. Or I'm telling he, you. He, he must be on the chessboard. He must be a knight. He, he's not just a pawn. No, he was talking yeah. about putting these wires in your head or... Oh, won't that be great? I'm like, you know, it was like those movies that those science fiction movies they used to have where they'd have this man with the bellowing voice and he'd be in this auditorium and be giving all these orders to the world. <laughs> and that's what he reminded me of. It's like this guy is which, weird. This which is really weird. are kind of stereotypes of Hitler. Yeah. It was very frightening. It. Very frightening, but um Anyway, I, I would like to play those. Let's play those clips from Schwab first. Okay. Let, let people hear him while we're talking about yeah. him. Pivotal moment. I see several priorities for the global agenda. We must continue to fight against the global pandemic. We must revitalize the global economy and accelerate its transition to net zero. We must preserve biodiversity by deploying nature-based solutions, and we must narrow the gap between the rich and the poor to achieve more sustainable global development. Yeah, well, how is he gonna do that? The economic Forum takes place in the shadow of an enormously difficult period for economies, for people, and for the planet. According to the UN's economic report released last week, the world is emerging from the depths of a paralyzing economic crisis, but recovery remains fragile and uneven amid the lingering pandemic, persistent labor market challenges, ongoing supply chain disruptions, rising inflation, and looming debt traps, not to mention the geopolitical divide. And as a result, we see recovery slowing down quite substantially. And all of this threatens hard-won progress in advancing the 2030 Agenda and the Sustainable Development Goals, our key projects. The last two years have demonstrated a simple but brutal truth. If we leave anyone behind, in the end, we leave everyone behind. If we fail to vaccinate every person, we give rise to new variants that spread across borders and bring daily life and economies to a grinding halt. There you go, plain as day. He is blaming the spread of new variants on the unvaccinated. So you can expect they're gonna target us in 2022 and they're going to push their Agenda 2030 sustainable development and the march towards net zero carbon in 2022 as well. 
the difference of this first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And, of yeah. course, this has a big impact on yeah. your identity. Yeah. Governments have a key role to play. It's a young generation which certainly will drive the future. But governments have to shape the future, the theme of this annual meeting. When I was here last year, I talked about innovation. And many of the things <coughs> I talked about were considered to be fiction far away in the future. But ladies and gentlemen, excellencies, the future is already here. The future has begun. Let me tell you why this fourth industrial revolution is so crucial, so overwhelming in terms of the changes it will bring to us. It changes not only what we are doing, it changes us. Yeah. It's going to change us, all right. Eesh. Well, again, you know, that, that man is, you could just, he does sound like a power-hungry dictator, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. And then villainizing those that don't go along with his program. Now, of course, you know, if the listeners don't realize he's the head of the World Economic Forum, which is really an arm of the United Nations, of the UN. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how, and I'm sure you'll play the clip, you know, from the two Roman Catholic. Yeah, we're going to play stuff. those. Yeah, I have a couple more from Schwab, shorter ones. but Yeah, well, see, and the thing is, they connected Schwab back with, um, you know, with the Catholic Church and with different, you know, connections from as far back as 60 years ago, back into, you know, the mid-1960s. So this, he didn't just make this up. These things and these ideas have been bandied about by a whole lot of very evil leaders within the United Nations and any of the globalist groups, you know, such as, of course, you know, the Bilderbergers and such like that. So these ideas have taken on a life of their own over the, over, you know, the past century, really, because, but, but that's because you know it's, Spiritual, you know, it is the spirit of Antichrist getting him everything set up. Getting everything set up. Last yeah. yeah. Let's play the second clip here from Schwab. He's setting up his board. Yeah, we can see that. Yeah. It's the integration sure. of those spheres. Just think of sensors planted into our brains. The opportunities are immense. And we have to prepare ourselves already now. History meets us now. And governments, as I said at the beginning, are challenged. They have to change. Here in New Zealand, 
We have a government that basically now seems to control the mainstream media, funds it and controls it, and is becoming more and more a totalitarian dictatorship, in my opinion. Okay. Did you hear what he said? Just think of having sensors planted in your brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this whole thing is is just brings in the whole AI stuff, the artificial intelligence and the, uh, you know, biogenetics and all of these. You know, all, the, all of the things that science fiction movies are made of, like yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, like were those just previews, you know, all those scary movies? Yeah, that we yeah exactly, because it seems like it's coming to pass because he's in a room with people from, looks like looked like people from Saudi Arabia. It was a, it, there was a lot of people in this room, and most of the men had on their head pieces and whatever. And yeah, there for was, translation. Yeah, yeah, and there was, a, you know, those um, head coverings that the men wear there in the Middle East. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and then there was women sprinkled in there. Now, these were maybe intelligent people, and he was calling some of them your excellency. So... And then he's telling them about having sensors planted. What a day it will be when we have sensors planted in our brain. And they were sitting there, like, nodding. Now, that was strange. Yeah, well, you know what? Again, seeing the science fiction, it looks, and a lot of people have made this comparison. You know, he's like the Borg queen, that he wants to connect everybody so he can do everybody's thinking for them, and everybody can work yeah, with yeah, the high... Yeah. <laughs> mind right yeah, the board. sensors will put the sensors in your brain and then we'll yeah. teach you how to think <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's the board you can't make and, this and the up board, but the board were very sinister i don't know why he wants to emulate the borg when you know good thing that captain picard won against those guys <laughs> well here's the last and, clip from and seven nine of course you know she got loosened from the borg we all need to be loosed from the Borg. <laughs> Here's the last one from Schwab. I've shown in numerous other videos how Klaus Schwab is a transhumanist, the head of the World Economic Forum, its founder, the driver behind the school of young global leaders. He is a transhumanist. He wants to merge humans with machines and genetically modify people. He states that very clearly in his book about the Fourth Industrial Revolution and in uh, videos as well. That is his goal. Humans 2.0, genetically modified humans. That's his goal. That is who Jacinda Ardern was mentored in his school, his class of young global leaders. Now, it's therefore no coincidence that in 2019, Jacinda Ardern signed New Zealand up to a World Economic Forum pilot project called Reimagining Regulation for the Age of AI. And if we look at their white paper, just very briefly, the introduction over the past decade, artificial intelligence has emerged as the software engine that drives the fourth industrial revolution, a technological force affecting all disciplines, economies and industries. AI-powered services are already being applied to create more personalised shopping experiences, drive productivity, and increase farming efficiency. And <laughs> now that's from uh, the podcast, A Minute to Midnight, right? Yeah, 
Okay, just so that we let people know, and it can be you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. A minute to mid. Yeah, very good. I, very good. Under Australia, down under, down there. From New Zealand. And yeah, yeah, New Zealand. So yeah, he did. He did a good expose on it. Yeah, and, uh, he really did. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is it's they really what they're really after is eternal life for themselves. Uh, I'm not sure if it was his program or someone was showing how these implants that they want to put in your brain, which actually Elon Musk <laughs> here in Texas is, you know, doing yeah, more experiments. That too, yeah. That. yeah. And, and yet they, they have this idea that they can project their consciousness into a robot, you know, when they get too old to function and then they can um, have eternal life or, you know, um, or, 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 you know, double their lifespan at least. And, and and it's pathetic because they're trying to find any other way to eternal life other than humbling themselves, repenting, and turning to <laughs> Jesus who gives us eternal yeah, well, life. They'll be in for a big surprise, won't they? Uh, yeah, and but every knee shall bow. I always yeah, count yeah. on that promise when I look at these guys. I'm going to see your knee bow to Jesus one day before you're cast into outer darkness. <laughs> well, that's for sure. And the, the thing is, you see this whole political thing, how it's coming together, this whole one world government, and they want to tell you how to think, and then they want to squash free speech. They don't want people to say this, and you can't say that, and and uh, how they use the news media to come against people that don't talk their language. So it, it kind of reminds me, too, of what, probably will happen in the church world where the Christians that really stand up for the truth of the gospel, the ones that don't stand up for the truth of the gospel are, are going to persecute us heavily. That's true. And, and it's this divide that really is happening and both in the church and in the world. And yet it, that's why you know it is the, the, the God of this world, you know, Satan, who is pulling the strings on this? He is the, the man playing chess. And it and the divides are so strong. I mean, all these things we're talking about, the the bulk of the Democrat Party is behind it, is is supportive of these things. And um, you know, so you've got the liberals and the conservatives in whatever country you happen to be in, and the liberals want all the mandates and the jabs and wanna, you know, just, you know, believe the the narrative that's coming out of the controlled media and they don't like anyone questioning. I mean, this whole thing with Neil Young the other day, oh, if you don't, if Spotify doesn't get rid of Joe Rogan, then I'm going to, you know, take my toys and go home. They took him, <laughs> they took him off. Now, isn't that amazing? Because we grew up in the 60s, we were teenagers. And yeah. so uh, Neil Young was kind of a rebel. So you wouldn't think now he's like a one world robot. And yeah, if you don't get the vaccine or you talk about ivermectin or whatever, then, oh, he wants Joe Rogan taken off Spotify. Mm. Well, well, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but he has a right to say what he wants. He's got 200 million listeners or something. So I guess people like right. to hear him. And Neil Young <laughs> didn't have that many. So they said, well, t you know, see you later, Neil. But it does show these extremes. I mean, and, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't expect those kinds of extremes with people trying to suppress free speech of others. Especially and that people is from the 60s. I mean, 
I know, especially because we are all about free speech yeah. and freedom of peace, love, and, and Woodstock. <laughs> I know. I mean, we what <laughs> the peace, love, and understanding. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was so shocking. I was like, "What happened to Neil Young? Man, he's like cranky old man." Well, he's you know he's married to a cranky old woman, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, so she's, in fact, she's so extreme on the left that even people in the left criticize her and say she's gone <laughs> really bonkers. Oh, well. Anyway, they took him in off. Fact, they there took was him a off rumor. They didn't care about him. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but he took the thing down, and there was a rumor that it was his wife who put that up on his Twitter feed or whatever. And, <laughs> and so if she did that, I mean, that's kind of funny. I don't, no one really knows that well, somebody who wears, speculating. Who wears the pants in that family? <laughs> oh. Well, that's just, you know, funny. That but, funny. Yeah, that's but funny to see these old rockers. I know. And they're like old grandpas now, crotchety old grandpas. <laughs> but not all of them. I mean, there well, are not exceptions. Not all of them. Like Eric yeah, Clapton, I mean, he stands up for the truth. I, same with Ted Nugent. I mean, there are some outspoken conservatives from our generation, but there should be more. Well, yeah, sure, there should be more, but thank God for the ones uh, that take a stand and they're not afraid, to, uh, worried about their music or worried about getting gigs yeah. or whatever. So it's kind of like us. We we know we're not going on Christian television. I put that in quotes because oh, it's not no, really, no nobody's inviting me. us. And no. we're, we're not going to be probably invited to churches for speaking engagements. Maybe there mm -mm. might be a few out there, but anyway, I, I don't travel anymore. But And you're not going to be asked on to some of these radio shows to give your point of view. So there's <laughs> a, there's people like us, and then there's people like they're out in the world that made their name and their fortune or whatever in the world. And I give them credit because they're not afraid to stand up even though it's going to cost them, but. Mm -hmm. Well, some of them, I mean, I don't think Eric Clapton is, has enough years to spend all the money that he, I'm sure he has in oh, the bank. Oh, sure. Sure. He's not, no, he's not worried about it. And he, he's, uh, thank God he speaks out and he speaks his mind. He's trying to help people to tell people, look, this but, is what happened was, to me. He was surprised by the backlash. Yeah, he, he got. was. Yeah, because he was in that peace, love, Woodstock generation. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure I he know. was. He because he said, "What happened to free speech?" <laughs> and not only that, it seems like Antifa that that it seemed to be launched at uh, UC Berkeley in California, where that was where everybody had sit-ins for free speech. Yeah, yeah, back in back the day. In the day. Yeah, not anymore. No, that now, was the place for free speech, man. Cal California. Yeah, uh, they chased away. Oh, what is that? At um, that speaker's name, the blonde um, uh, conservative. Uh, oh, oh well, I can't think of her name, but she she's real famous, and they 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 chased her off the campus and wouldn't let her speak. Uh, a few years ago. I can't remember who, what her name was. That, that's going to drive me nuts because she, she hasn't been in the, she used to be in the news all the time. And then she kind of, when she didn't support Trump, she kind of got thrown oh, into limbo. Oh, Ann Coulter. Yes. Yes. I was going to say Ann. I couldn't guess. Ann Coulter. 
Oh, yeah, and yeah. She, remember, she got tossed right out, and she, they didn't even let her speak because oh, she was no, there. Oh, no, no. You don't even hear about her anymore either. She got she got tossed yeah. out of a lot of things for her opinions. But anyway, let's play um, Let's play these Michael, Matt, and Michael Voris. Let's play uh, Michael Voris first. Okay. But leading us off tonight, a shocking revelation is now coming to light. An international conspiracy involving communist China, Pope Francis, Pfizer, and the World Economic Forum. It entails China secretly funneling Francis's Vatican billions of dollars in exchange for Pope Francis's pushing of the jab, all as part of the Great Global Reset. Think that at the heart of it all is China and the Communist Party. Guo Vengui told us that uh, the Vatican receives $1.6 billion every year in bribes. And we now know that Pfizer is connected to China. Both of them and Pope Francis are linked to Klaus Schwab and the, uh, and the World Economic Forum that is pushing the Great Reset on behalf of China. The... You know, there was a meeting uh, 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 that Ed Penton from National Catholic Register broke news of over the weekend, a private meeting between the head of Pfizer, the CEO of Pfizer, and Pope Francis, you know, in a, quite a number of months ago. What's going on here exactly? Uh, Michael, my sources at the Vatican tell me there were actually two meetings, one in January at the beginning of the year and one in the middle of the year. It's 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 breathtaking, actually, the scope of this. When you, I mean, this is truly international. It's it's actually even hard to sort of uh, locate the 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 locus of this. I mean, is it Rome is the go-between to push this to the bishops' conferences around the world, so that the conferences and their dioceses will tell people get vaxxed and can't come into school and you get fired if you're an employee, all that, like on the ground level. Are they the are they the religious or theological cover for the vaccine? Uh, you know, who exactly is the center of this story? Is it the Pope? Is it Beijing? Is it Pfizer? Is it Biden? I mean, this is a massive cesspool of, uh, of corruption. Jules, where to from here now? This news is now breaking out everywhere, thanks largely to your awesome, excellent reporting. Uh, Ed Penton coming up behind it with the you know, breaking information about the, uh, you know, the private meeting that the Vatican won't even admit uh, you know, or deny between uh, CEO of Pfizer and the Pope. Uh, where to from here now? Is this going to start to become unraveled as more and more people learn about it? I, I think uh, big money is so big that they are very effective at silencing debate. And most Catholics have not yet been red-pilled about what the Vatican is up to th uh, these days. Uh, so I am rather pessimistic. However, I am optimistic, uh, given that, you know, the great prologue of St. John's Gospel, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So even a tiny ray of light, which is why they are terrified of even small voices. I mean, the way they have tried to silence Dr. Robert Malone is absolutely astonishing. So I do believe that the light will triumph over darkness because that's, that's what it does. Well, it takes hard work, boots on the ground, lots of digging, lots of sacrifice, and everything else to do that. Jules, 
Thank you. We'll uh, be checking in with you, obviously, monitoring the story as we move along here, and uh, you'll be sure and bring us any new details we need to know as they, uh, as they emerge there in, uh, in Rome, the heart of the church, which at the moment looks to have been completely corrupted on an institutional level at the service of all of this COVID tyranny. Wow. Well, you think, Michael, Voris is catching on? Yeah, I hope he is, because he's, he's, he's a very good broadcaster. He's got a good program. It's just he's so hung up on all that Catholic foolishness, but hopefully he'll see the light. Yeah, but he sees it's fully corrupt. Yeah. And the thing is, and even I, I did go to one of his conferences and sat down and spoke with him a couple of years back, and I said, I said, you're seeing just the tip of the iceberg. This evil goes back much further and it's much deeper. And, you know, and, and I think he's understanding that more because a couple of years ago, he just was talking about current things, you know, because what really set him off was the movie Spotlight, which really ex exposed, it was about the Boston Globe exposing the pedophile priest scandal and how global that was. Yeah. And that's really what got him going. And he would like focus so much on that, on that element of the corruption in the Catholic church. And slowly, if he's, he started getting more information over the past couple of years and, and he's starting to see this, this, this is, this corruption is totally encompassed the Roman Catholic church. And yet they have people like Michael Matt, like Marshall Taylor, who wrote the book Infiltration. And then there's, you know, well, Michael Voris is, is the head of Church Militant, Michael Mapp, the head of the magazine, The Remnant. And these are the conservative Catholics who find themselves totally minority within the Catholic Church, even though they are traditional Catholics. They're the old pre-Vatican II Catholics, because since Vatican II, back in 1965, when they passed that, they tore down a lot of the traditions of the Catholic Church. They changed the the mass. It's the new new order. I forget the name of it, but it means the new mass. And they changed the way the liturgy was arranged for the mass and all of these things. And they demoted the Pope. They they kind of ditched his tiara, his crown. And I don't know if you've seen some of these clips of people who are greeting the Pope and trying to kiss the papal ring, and he keeps shoving his hand back and won't let anybody kiss the papal ring. And so they they kind of demoted the papacy, which, you know, we can't really argue with that because there is no such thing as a Pope in the Bible. It is yeah. an unbiblical, <laughs> unbiblical concept from the get-go. Yeah, or the Catholic but, I just feel that the Catholic Church has, ever since Vatican II, because they had uh, leaders of different Protestant denominations participate in it as observers and people who would counsel them. And so it was an effort to bring the one world religion and bring, starting with bringing Christianity together under the Vatican. But the Vatican had to meet them halfway by downplaying the Pope's position to, to the Protestants and by saying, oh, we're all just brothers. And, uh, you know, you're, you're no longer, um, you know, wicked. You're, you're, you're the separated, separated brethren. They changed the term. Right. I can't remember what they called. Well, I don't like the word Protestant. I'm a Christian. I, I think we, ha we have to stop using that term because 
we are Christians. We are the real Christians. They like to call themselves Christians. They're not Christians. The Catholic Church is the not one, a Christian yeah, the church. The only one. They like the to only say one, Protestant. I'm not protesting them. The ones I call I mean, Protestants. I'm protesting are, them, but I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm not a Protestant either. No, and but I don't like I, how they try to make us like, you're protesting the one true well, no, faith. No, no. See what that came from was really from the Reformation. It did and come so from when that. I, yeah, we weren't called when Protestants I before that. Yeah, we I use the term I will use the term Protestant on the ones that spun off from the Catholic Church, the Calvinists, you know, the Presbyterians, the Lutherans. Uh, these people, those that actually spun off from the Reformation, yeah, and didn't spring far enough. The Catholic Church refers to them as Protestants, and they refer to themselves as Protestants. And 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 yet, those who came through the line of the Anabaptists, which just meant yeah. that we don't recognize your baby baptism, we're baptizing you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we're not going to baptize babies. That whole movement never called themselves Protestants. That was oh. just those who discovered the Bible and we That's the come, term they slapped we, on us. The Catholic Church slapped it on us. And I don't like yeah. it because even when I was listening to that Hal Lindsey tape, and we'll play that, was interesting. And he said, well, I wouldn't, he's trying to say, well, I wouldn't come against the Catholic Church as a Protestant. And I'm thinking, well, what are you talking about? Because that doesn't even make any sense. They were trying to. Oh, well, he, he's a Baptist, so he came down from the Anabaptist line. <laughs> yeah, but he sounded yeah. like he didn't really want to hurt the feelings of the Catholic Church. Well, but, right. Well, yeah, but that comes very very clear with that clip. Yeah, it comes very clear with uh, that clip and the fact that we can never forget the Inquisition. We can never forget, don't ever forget the Inquisition when you're dealing with the Catholic Church because they killed, no. they were killing us and chopping people's heads off and putting them on the stake and setting them on fire tearing out their tongues these things they did and they denied it for many years they tried to cover it up but they finally admitted that they were doing it and so you don't ever forget that when you're dealing with the catholic church these are this is a wolf and so if they smile right. if the pope smiles at you like he did with kenneth copeland and james robeson they all went there and they were kumbaya with the pope no you have when he smiles you have to look at those fangs hanging down wolf Exactly. Somebody once said to me, you know, a snake always smiles before he strikes. Yeah, exactly. That's the look. That's the look that they give you. And you better run from from uh, that look. But let me see. Let me play that um, Hal Lindsey one, because I think this might yes. fit right in here. Pope in because he is the friend of both of them. Mm -hmm. And he kind of. But, you know, after the Antichrist is raised from the dead, these two have the best uh, credentials of anybody in the world and the reason he wanted them there was to testify that they literally saw him raised from the dead mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, so that, that becomes you know the, the false prophet becomes the great proclaimer of the miraculous uh, qualities of the Antichrist isn't, isn't this scenario of bringing the Pope into it isn't that going to cause our Catholic friends a little heartburn uh, well, I, I don't think so because uh, I brought in the prophecies of Fatima, oh. which predicts that the, the second pope after this pope will be uh, somehow involved with the Antichrist. 
You know what? That's right. I read that. You read it, didn't you? Those well, I, children so, in Portugal that saw exactly the, the children of Fatima. Yeah. They made this prophecy, which has been kept in the Vatican, and every pope has known about them. And I don't think any pope was ever as troubled by them as the present pope. I mean, no. he, he is troubled. He said, I know that, he said, I greatly fear that a future pope will either be the Antichrist or he will be wrapped up with it. So I'm not saying something as a Protestant trying to hit at the Catholic Church. This is something the Catholic Church itself has already said, has seen. Yeah, the, yeah. But the present pope has seen. Because the present pope, John Paul II, He's a good man. He he's a man of faith. I, yeah. We covered him at Denver, Colorado, a couple very, of years ago. It would be very difficult to say that he's not. Now I know a lot of Protestants out there will get their dander up and so forth. But look, uh, folks, a person is a a person is not a Christian because of a system he has to be a part of. A person is a believer in Jesus. If if he comes to a personal faith in Jesus Christ, he is born again, and he is truly a Christian. Well, how? Even though they may be wrapped up in some things that don't fit. Well, you know there's probably things in the Catholic Church that Pope John Paul doesn't even agree probably with. Probably so. You know, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a little compromise going on there. Well, yeah, that was about 20 years ago, but you know, that's the thing with giving credibility to Fatima, you know, yeah, Jim, yeah. Uh, where was he at the, with that? Yeah, well, it, to give any credibility to it when it was a, you know, a demon that came yeah, in yeah. down down from a from a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's probably not wise on Hal Lindsey's no, part. But definitely he, not he wise. Was, yeah. He bent over backwards to accommodate everybody. He did, and, yeah. You know, and the thing is, you can't say those nice things about John Paul II when he's the one that came up with the, the gathering in Assisi and brought in all of the 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 people from all the world religions so they could all pray together, including in, including these witch doctors and you know, from some Indian tribe and they had a they had this this they were making some sort of I don't know what it they had a cauldron and it was boiling and they got a they stuck some of that fluid into a uh, into a shell and gave it to John Paul and he drank it. I mean you know, the guy, the, the guy started and, and popularized this, this one world religion idea. So yeah. I don't know. So Hal was off on that. And yeah, then to promote, to promote Fatima, the demon, that was a deceptive. Yeah, deceiving, that was horrible. I couldn't believe he was into saying a blight. that. Oh, yeah. And, but you see, this was especially in the charismatic side, which is, you know, Paul Crouch's side of yeah. the charismaniac. I wouldn't say charismatic, charismaniac yeah, side maniac. of the church. Yeah. It's always been ecumenical. And, yeah. and a big reason for that is the Catholic charismatic movement, because when the Catholics saw what they were doing, hey, we can learn how to operate in the gifts and, you know, play play pretend in La La Land also, you know. Yeah, but they and, were and, still saying the rosary. I had some people that were that's right. in that castle. And they, they were speaking. They, yeah, they made speak in tongues, but they make them pay for yeah. the rosary. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, Dave, Dave Hunt was Dave Hunt was always saying, yeah, they would they would um, speak in tongues to Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, 
my Catholic friends would say, oh, we're just like you. Well, you're not. So, but then if they really, if they really got born again, they got out of that thing. They didn't stay in there. But see, this is another place where the devil was then using Paul Crouch and Hal Lindsey. And Hal Lindsey to say, well, I don't, I guess the Protestants are going to get upset. Yeah, they're dandering up. They're going to get their dandering What are you talking about? First of all, I'm not a Protestant. I'm a Christian. And yeah, I'm a Christian, and I am going to get upset with that false doctrine that comes out of the Catholic Church. Yeah, that I'm going to get upset with. He meant by that the mainstream denomination, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, not the Bible believing, even. It sounded like he meant the Bible believing. He sounded like he, it sounded like he was talking about all of us that. Well, we have to really think that like maybe yeah. maybe the Catholic Church, there might be the Pope might be born again. <laughs> but you know, Jack Van Impey did the same thing yeah, on he his did. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He promoted Fatima as well. Yeah. And so the next clip, you either want to play the the lady from the 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 uh, lady, or do you want to play uh, Michael Matt? Michael Matt, let's play him. Yeah, here he goes. Okay. The Missing Link surfaces at last. New video of Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum connecting the dots between revolution in the Catholic Church 60 years ago and the Great Reset. Why did they get rid of Pope Benedict and install Jose Mario Bergoglio to the chair of St. Peter? And what's the connection between the global lockdowns of today and the bizarre middle-of-the-night ceremony that took place some 55 years ago, deep in the catacombs beneath the streets of Rome. The plot thickens tonight from the editor's desk. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, the ultimate lunatic of Davos, personally connecting all the dots between the revolution in the Catholic Church 60 years ago and the Great Reset, incredibly. I almost can't believe it myself after months sitting here week after week contending that the first great reset took place 60 years ago in the Catholic Church in something called the Second Vatican Council. And now along comes Klaus Schwab confirming our contention that that is exactly the case. And if you remember how COVID really got off the ground, remember this? Francis standing alone, we'll throw some of that video up on the screen. Francis in white, the solitary figure, standing alone in the Piazza San Pietro, the most recognized religious leader in the world, humbly complying with the global lockdown. It was in full force. And now, today, ever since, what's Francis been doing? He's been running PR for the globalists. Who's standing in the way right now of the religious exemption from forced vaccinations? Well, Francis is. Everybody knows where he stands on this. He has to show that the largest and the oldest Christian community, church, is on the side of the globalists. And that's because the largest, oldest Christian church, the Catholic Church, in her human element, has been totally infiltrated. You know this. Everybody knows this who's awake. Now, stick with me. I realize a lot of people out here are not Catholics, or a lot of people are new to the whole, this whole idea of revolution in the Catholic Church. Stick with me, because this has to do with every single one of us, regardless of what religion we belong to. This is a world global domination that required the immoral authority of Christianity to get, I'm sorry, get the hell out of the way. What does this have to do with Klaus Schwab? And the connection, again, is amazing. It's the same revolution. It's the same players, in fact. 
The Great Reset was indeed hatched in a catacomb beneath the streets of Rome at the close of the Second Vatican Council in 1965. And it just took a while to get to the point politically where it is now. But it's the same movement. I met a priest uh, who was known at that time as the priest of the poor people. Hmm. Uh, his name was Don Elder Camara. One of the most profound moments in the life of Klaus Schwab was his meeting with, <laughs> with the leader of the Catacombs Pact, celebrated in Rome, not only at the time, but during the Amazon Synod in 2019, when, by the way, the pagan idols of Pachamama were processed into the holiest place in Christendom, the holiest place of pilgrimage in Christendom, St. Peter's Basilica. The abomination of desolation was set up at that moment. And a few months, a few months later, all the churches in the world would be locked down and lock their doors. <laughs> and we still haven't recovered from that. Now, once we realize what these connections mean, once we realize that there really is no separation of church and state, <laughs> that the global superstate needed to sort of take the Catholic Church, the moral authority of the church, over, infiltrate the church in order to make this happen, once we realize how long they've been working on this and what it all means, it actually becomes a lot easier to do what we need to do. Just, we have to see what's going on, and it becomes easy to recognize our duty as faithful Christians. We have no choice, friends. I've been saying this for a long time, but I hope this connection helps us all see it. We have no choice but to resist these infiltrators. We need to spread the word. Vatican II, the Great Reset, the Novus Ordo, which means new order. <laughs> new world order in the church, new world order in the world. It's the same. They had to get rid of Christ the King they had to get rid of the traditional teachings of the church on marriage and abortion and contraception. You see, it's all connected. It's all part of the same exact revolution against the kingship of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, he's, he, he's, he's ready to get out of there, I hope. I hope. I feel so sorry for these conservative Catholic leaders like you know, the three men we've been talking about, because <laughs> I think the Lord is showing them these things. And I think that, um, I, I wonder sometimes if the Lord is just letting them, not fully opening up their eyes yet, in order to use them as, you know, a rebuke to to the Roman Catholic Church before they are the ones that get tossed out. Because when you think of Luther, Luther did not leave the Catholic Church. He pretty much was the father of the Reformation, but he was tossed out. Yeah, he was and tossed I, out. And I told Michael Michael Morris to his face. I said, I said, he goes, I'll never leave the Catholic Church. And I said, no, but they will throw you out, just like they did Luther. I said, you might well be a modern-day Lutheran. He got all upset. Why not Luther? Luther was blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And, you know, recently I've been finding him kind of saying uh, nice things about Luther all of a sudden. But a couple of years ago when I met with him, he would have none of it. Oh, no. When, when I was in Catholic school, they told us they had the forbidden books list. And they told us, you <laughs> don't read any yeah. books about Luther. Oh, no, they hated <laughs> Luther. 
Yeah, they did. I think of all the reformers, it was Luther that got them the angriest. Oh, yeah. Well, he was exposing their little tithing scam, their little seed faith offering scam where you had to pay money to get people out of purgatory so they could go to heaven. So it's kind of like the same scammers we have now, but it it was effective. They didn't want you messing with their money. (laughs) No, because when the when the coin in the coffer rings, yeah. the soul out of purgatory springs. Yeah, or whatever notice saying. that he says that it's the oldest Christian church. Well, no, that is not the Christian church. We have the Christian church, real Bible believing Christians. But no, you don't have the Christian church. Church is not some institution where they lord it over one another. When Jesus says, "My my." It shall not be so with you. You shall not lord it over one another. Yeah. Well, the hierarchy is lording it over one another. Well, yeah, but we have we see that even today in some in some of the churches where the people dress in the funny costumes and they wear the bishops' outfits and the hats and the robes and the sashes and the collars and all that. And right. and so we're not supposed to separate ourselves uh, in that manner especially with the way you dress so okay then people will look at you differently like there's some kind of a hierarchy which there isn't it is because they want the attention of men it's just like the you know the the sanhedrin that would how did jesus put it lengthen their phylacteries yeah (laughs) you know that's what I call it. I go, oh, nice phylacteries you got on there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, for me, I can't even imagine putting on, it's like poor Beth Moore when she put she put on that costume to oh, march right. in a procession at the Catholic Church, and then they, some of the guys in the procession bowed down to the tabernacle on the altar. I'm thinking, poor girl. It's like she couldn't handle her fame. She cracked up. I hope the Lord Yeah, no, she needed those. She needed to wear them phylacteries so that she could feel important. Yeah, but it's such a diversion from where she where she was at. It's sad, really. I hope I hope she gets rescued out of that and just goes back to being normal Beth. Well, that reminds me of the other clip we have on tap of uh, Francis Chan. Yeah, let's play now, that. Yeah. Okay, well, before you do it, I just want to mention that Francis Chan recently did a whole series with the uh, infiltrated Bible answer man, Hank Hanegraaff, who ended up, he he became Eastern Orthodox, and the two of them sat down. I didn't give you the clip of that, but they both had, they both agreed that Jesus was actually present in the elements, and it was Hank that talked Francis Chan into believing that. So, well, so when you hear Francis out of your own lips, it came. He he really was at the hands of Hank Hanegraaff. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to believe that Jesus comes down from heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of, of the Father, but he comes down from heaven and he he goes all over the world in little pieces. And you know how ulcers. ridiculous. That is because because what what did Jesus say before he ascended? He says, "I must go because if I I have to go in order that I would not leave you as orphans, but I will send the Holy Spirit and your as your helper." So he sent the Holy Spirit as his helper, and he couldn't do it until he he ascended into heaven, and where he sits at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says so. 
he is our connection to him is through the Holy Spirit who yeah. is with us now. Because he said, I will leave you, but I go to prepare a place for you. So we know he's busy preparing that place for us. He isn't here. The Holy Spirit, you know, the third member of the Trinity is here. And and, and that's our link to heaven. And so it's not Jesus in some tabernacle on some altar at all. Because he's at the right hand of the Father. And he sent our, advo- our helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And... They just, they they totally mixed up on the Godhead. Well, it's very messed up. It's very messed up because even to believe that Jesus would put his body all over the place in little wafers in a million oh, places all over the earth, it, it it's hard to fathom. But it, it, I think what happens to these people is they kind of crack up a little bit because they, even Francis <laughs> Chan, he's talking in this whole religious tone and he's trying to be so deep and when Christianity is so simple, it's so basic and so simple. You don't have to make it religious and like spooky. But anyway, let's play. Yes, he, let's play that. About okay, that I was just gonna say he wrote the book Crazy Love. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, he is crazy. Yeah, well, he. So. I hope he. I hope he comes out of it. I didn't know, I know. that. He's been prayer. Missed him up in prayer. Hundred years of church history. Everyone saw it as the literal body and blood of Christ. And it wasn't until 500 years ago that someone popularized a thought that it's just a symbol and nothing more. I thought, wow, well, that's something don't. to consider. Um, and and I, while I won't make a strong statement, I will make a statement about this. It was at that same time that for the first time, someone put a pulpit in the front of the gathering. Because before that, it was always the body and blood of Christ. I say that because the church is more divided than any time in history. What does this book tell us clearly? That he does not want any divisions in his church. But for the first thousand years, it was just one. Just one? What was interesting is communion was at the center of the room Mm. every time they gathered. And it wasn't a pulpit where a guy preached. No. (laughs) And, and the, the sound effects you were hearing is from a, a Catholic priest who was playing this message and commenting on it so through the whole thing, oh. all excited that it looked like like Francis Chan was becoming Catholic. And, <laughs> Sounds uh, like he's becoming Catholic. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's not that, you know, Orthodox, because they kind of see some spiritual presence in the elements, you know, or, you know, what do they call it? Consubstantiation. Oh, yeah, sure. And so maybe he believes in consubstantiation. I don't know if he believes in transubstantiation, but either way, he's, you know, he's trying to, he's trying, he's, he's believing the lie that the Roman yeah. Catholic church was founded by Jesus, which it was not. No. Uh, Jesus did not found some institution. He, 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 he created the church, which is the called out ones, those who follow him, his followers, and uh, yeah, the followers would greet, would meet with one another. But as he said, they don't lord it over one another. They're all equal. Yeah. And um, you know, people may play different roles in helping with That's the gathering. It. That's it. And everybody has a gift, and every member is important. And I love the way Paul put it to the Corinthians. You know that 
that even you think it's the least member and it's most it's very important too, even the least member, as far as whatever their gifting is. Well, the thing you is, know, you, you don't have to get so religious about a pulpit or whatever, because Jesus stood up in front of people and preached. Paul stood up in front of people and preached. So what does he want? He wants people to get together and no one's preaching and it's just people taking communion. It's weird. Yeah. He wants he wants the, the liturgy. Yeah. Which he wants rote. He wants prayers by rote. Yeah. And everything done by rote. As you know, and and what does the Bible say that how can they how can they believe unless there is a preacher exactly, who is sent? Exactly. And I love and preaching. So, I love to know, hear good preaching. Yeah. And the and the and the Bible's very clear about preaching and all the admonitions to preach the gospel. And so he's saying, Oh no, don't do that. Just, you know, Worship Jesus in the elements. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's called apostasy, Fran, if you're out there. Yeah, that's Fran. apostasy. Yes, it and, is, it is. And it's sad because we see the great apostasy in full swing. Yeah. And we know if the church is leading you towards Rome, all roads, then you know you're in a false church. If that's what they're doing and promoting and believing in, you better get out of there. Well, that's the truth. You better get out of there because he says, the church has never been so divided. Yeah, well, the real church doesn't want anything to do with the false church. Jesus said, I came to, to yeah, bring a Yeah, he did, he did. He turned in. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And we will, we will fight the good fight of faith until the end. But let's play this last clip from Jen. Okay. The church is in an impossible situation right now you see jesus prayed in john 17 that everyone who believed in him would become perfectly one perfectly united just as the father and son are perfectly one Here we are 2,000 years later, and we are the most divided faith group on earth. And we've tried everything. We've tried the books. We've tried big conferences that'll bring us together. We tried writing doctrinal statements. But we just keep getting more and more divided. What if we tried silence? What if we could humble ourselves? Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. <laughs> yeah, let's try yeah. silence. That's a good way to get the gospel out. <laughs> now, see, that, that's more, that is more of Francis Chan. And yet... France, and, and, and he says, oh, we've tried conferences and that doesn't work. Well, then why is he in all of these conferences with all these people yeah. from the, the NAR, which is the New Apostolic Reformation headed up by yeah. people like, like um, you know, what's his Bill name? Bill Bethel, yeah, Bill Johnson. And so he, there's one, it's called The Send. And The Send is, uh, let's see, they're gathering at different times in different places. They got a big stadium in Kansas City where they're gathering May 14th, you know, of this year. 
And the very first person, when it says, you know, here's the speakers, the very first one they put up there is Francis Chan. <laughs> and, and then you get over to, you know, Bill Johnson's this, um, little clone, Todd White, and then Hillsong's Christine Kane, and then you've got Lou Engle, you know, from, um, oh, what was the name of his group? Anyway, the, the one that bows and bows and bows all over the place. Oh, and yeah, uh yeah. Okay, but I think it was called The Call, which was this conference that he had where he washed the feet of the Catholic priest. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, okay, and that was at the celebration of Azusa Street. It was back in 2006. Yeah. He washed their feet. They washed his feet. And then now there's a video. <laughs> you you can look it up. Really, on. Really, that was a moment so, in time. Well, look up a video of Francis Chan feet washing, and you'll see uh, him sitting there and letting the Catholic priest wash his feet uh, as well. No, I'm not into foot washing, no. And so, you know, so you've got all of these, you know, new, these dominionists and, and Heidi Baker. Like, what are they trying yeah, to prove? Heidi, Heidi Baker is one of the speakers. They've got. Uh, IHOP Kansas City is the worship team, you know, which is uh, Mike Bickle. Yeah. In fact, Mike Bickle's the one running this. He's in Kansas City. And again, they're trying to have these stadium events because of the prophecies of Paul Kane. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like Bob Jones saying, oh, he sees stadiums. Yeah. And we've seen this in the past. And, they're, and yet here, Francis Chan just slammed conferences and he's the main guy in, you know, at least the one that they're promoting yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Well, he can't, he can't live without those offerings, those big offerings. Uh, those big yeah. paychecks because they get big Well, he's paychecks. got books. He has books to sell. He's got a new one out now, but yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But I don't yeah. know how he to has... get so far out. Christianity is so simple. You could wake up with joy and just about every day. With you and peace with your in your Christian walk, and these guys, it's like oh, he sounded so depressed in when he first came on that oh, this so depressing religious stuff. Yeah, you know it. It was a uh, it, it was bad acting. Yeah, it really. Was. <laughs> oh, they they used to call it overacting, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. overacting. Yeah, yeah. It's like what a life already, please. Like you're so serious, and and God's still on the throne. No and prayer changes things. No matter what happens, we're gonna I know, make it. Well, we're gonna make it, no matter what happens. Well, he's he really got caught up in this whole ecumenical yeah, movement. Sad, it really is because he sounds and like it's he's the depressed. most. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And this yeah. is the most dangerous thing to follow considering the times that we're in you don't want to follow the 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 great whore the mother harlot oh. who is being formed you don't want to be part of the formation of the mother harlot so don't get in with rome no don't get in with rome don't get in with rome don't buy it don't mm -mm. I, I no stay away from that stuff because they will trap you you get trapped into all that ecumenical mess and it, it is a mess really but jesus never called us to be a part of all that that's not nope. what he told us to do but you want to play this last clip of uh the lady 
Well, if you want to really see where Fatima does fit into the picture, and we've already talked about it, this this lady, especially her last statement, says it all. Okay. Father Malachi Martin to the Fatima discussion is his claim to have read The Third Secret. He spoke about it all the time. He believed that Fatima was the most important event of the 20th century and that carrying out its mandate was the most urgent task facing the church and the world. I had already noticed, listening to his interviews, that when he spoke about Fatima, he spoke with authority, as our Lord's contemporaries had said about his teaching. So during our first telephone conversation, I said, I get the impression that you know the third secret. And Father Malachi said, I do. When we met the following week, alluding to his skepticism about the charismatic movement, I asked him sort of kiddingly, did the Holy Spirit reveal the third secret to you? Oh, no, he said. I was shown a copy of the third secret at the time Pope John XXIII opened it and sought the advice of a group of cardinals in 1960. One of those cardinals was Augustine Cardinal Bea, and I was his assistant. I then ventured. The third secret concerns the apostasy in the church, doesn't it? This guess was based on the few scattered tidbits about Fatima that came to light during the lean years of the 70s and 80s and on the reasoning of Frere Michel de la Santa Trinité in The Whole Truth About Fatima. Quote, the material chastisements are already predicted in the second part of the secret. The third secret predicts a chastisement of the spiritual order, end quote. To my surprise, Father Malachi responded, the apostasy in the church forms the backdrop or the context of the third secret. The apostasy is just beginning now. But the chastisements foretold in the secret are very real, physical chastisements, and they are terrible. Thus, he proceeded to rattle off very quickly a list of possible calamities and said that some of these were in the secret. And how are we to tell when these things are about to happen? Keep your eyes on the skies, he said, an admonition he would repeat many, many times. In his book, the keys of this blood, he writes that Lucia's one-page formulation of the third secret covers three main topics. One, a physical chastisement of the nations involving catastrophes, man-made or natural, on land, on water, and in the atmosphere of the globe. Two, a spiritual chastisement 
consisting of the disappearance of religious belief, a period of widespread unfaith in many countries. Third, a central function of Russia in the two preceding series of events. The spiritual chastisement apparently began very soon after 1960. As a result of the Holy Father's refusal, Father Martin said, quote, Cardinals, bishops, and priests are falling like leaves into hell. Quote, Faith will disappear from countries and continents. Many of the elect will lose their faith. People who now believe will give up in despair. Things will get so bad that if Our Lady did not step in, no one would be saved. End quote. Wow. Yeah, you catch, you catch that? Yeah. Because the, the Bible says that, that if, if Jesus didn't cut things short, no life would be saved, and they transferred that to Mary. Yeah. And see, what those Fatima revelations were was just a... A, a reverbing, re, re, the, what would you call it? Taking the scenes from Revelation and just putting it into their own lingo. Uh, you know, because the devil knows that we've got that already because we have prophecy. Yeah. So he will use that in order to draw people in to think, wow, it's really happening. So therefore, she, Fatima thing must be legitimate because these things are really happening that she said would happen. Yeah. Well, she didn't invent the great apostasy. You know, these things that she's predicting and, and the king of the north being Russia, oh, that's nice that the devil recognized that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're not telling you anything new, but they're they're adding their own little spin to it in order to deceive many. And, you know, uh, I, I think it goes back to St. John Bosco, saint in air quotes, right? Uh, when he had this vision that everybody Catholics take very seriously, because it was a a boat was the Catholic Church, and then there was heaven, and then there were these gates they had to go through, and the pillar there the gates had two pillars, and they had to go between the two pillars, and on the top of one pillar was the Eucharist, and on the top of the other pillar was Mary, <laughs> and so that's why they've got oh Mary's the one that's going to step in and and take care of all these things when. When the only ones involved in taking care of the devil is Jesus, yeah, of course, yeah, he's yeah, coming, yeah. and and the angel who casts him into the lake of fire, which yeah. I believe is Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to take all the things that God is doing and apply it to others. It's 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 a real corruption of truth, and uh, and for people like Jack Van Eppy and Hal Lindsey to give any credibility. To this demonic deception, yeah, they, they need to repent. Well, too late for Paul. I hope 94-year-old Hal Lindsey does some repenting on that. Yeah, well, that was terrible. He, well, he was compromising because he wanted his FaceTime there on TBN, I guess. Or maybe he oh, he had his own show there. on there. Yeah. Oh, I've written articles. I've written articles over the over the decades about his countries. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I know him. I we 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 uh, I went on a tour with that he led. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I know him very well. 
but and and I'd confront him to his face, and he had his excuses. Oh gosh, he got we. I got an argument with him, and he goes, "Well, who do you want to give that slot to that I have?" One of the other word faith people, you should be thankful I buy your time from there. It's less time for them. I mean, I, I had this whole battle with Hal, and I won't go into it, but. Well, he had, some, he had some good things to say, but you can't go and give yeah. credibility to, to the Catholic Church just to rub shoulders with Paul Crouch, please. Uh, I know. And he agreed with Paul Crouch. Paul Crouch stopped his program for a while because they were getting a. a a station in some Middle East country. And so uh, oh, yeah. he told Hal, he ordered Hal not to bring up Islam. Yeah. And even though Hal looking at where it fit in Bible prophecy, he got his show back by, by making that compromise and not speaking of Islam again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, you can't so do he, that. You he can't knew how to compromise. Yeah, but he was doing everybody a favor by buying that airtime so some false teacher wouldn't have it. Well, no, it's better not to compromise and be you'd be you might be small but he might have had a better audience he could have had his own channel on the internet he didn't need you don't need tbn and whatever even the uh hill song they had their own tbn gave them their church channel or they were they were buying right. the time they don't yeah. have it anymore hill song is not there now because of all the things we're going to have to do a program on that but they don't even have that channel anymore um, TBN took it over and they're programming it now. So that was the end of the Hillsong channel. But the thing well, is, whatever you, somebody said to me one time, whatever you compromise to gain, you'll lose. And that's true. I know. And you have to keep compromising to keep whatever you think it is. It's yeah. kind of like lying. If you yeah. tell a lie and then and someone tries to catch you at it, you have to lie to get yourself out of that lie. Yeah. And then it just compounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not worth it. It's better to be independent and to ha and to be able to say whatever you want. I wouldn't want anybody to be censoring me. It might happen eventually, but for the time being, I want to be able I want to be free to say what I have to say. Well, right. And you don't want to be I mean, it's nice to be um, you know, to to have some tact. Nothing wrong with being tactful, but you go too far when you go along to get along. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. You wish more people wouldn't compromise. And the thing is, you don't need all that. We, we've been able to reach almost a million people with our little radio program. I think that's a big accomplishment on a very limited budget. So we don't need all that. Everybody can do their part. It's still one-on-one -on -one evangelism is, is the best way to get the, the gospel out to people. And we can all do that. That doesn't cost anything. We're not competing with one another. The no. more the merrier. Exactly. Get the word out. The more exactly. the merrier. Yeah, I'm not worried about you stealing my sheep and you know, no. this and all that yeah. kind of thing. And you're getting more publicity and all those games people play to climb up no. the, the ladder. Yeah, everybody has a part to do and we can all do something. So right. and we're we're thankful for our our uh, outreach that we have here and we're reaching people and I'm always happy to look at the stats and to see the countries different countries of people that are tuning in. And I think wow, we we can reach the whole world just from yeah. 
at, at home. I don't have to go anywhere. I can just be a voice and anybody can do it. Sure. So we're grateful. But anyway, great program today, Jackie. Thank you so much for coming. Always on. my pleasure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was really, really good. It's interesting. Very, very interesting topic. So how can people get a hold of you? Well, they can find me on Facebook at Jackie Alnor and uh, find me on YouTube. In fact, I put these clips together because I was planning on doing a, U- a YouTube video and where so you could actually watch it and everything. So I am going to follow through on that. And uh, so you can subscribe to me on YouTube. Yeah. And you have the Christian Sentinel. Right. ChristianSentinel.com. That's right. Where you'll find my archives of my articles. And I keep, I, Put new ones up at least about once a month. Yeah, those are great articles for you to read. Jackie's been writing articles for, what, 30 or 40 years now? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's been at it a long time. She has a lot of the gospel experience. And so <laughs> we always like to take advantage of people that have wisdom and uh, have been around for a while. And so we can talk about our experiences and praise the Lord. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. But anyway, we'll do it again. Okay. All right, Jackie. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye. Till next time. Yeah, till next time. Bye. All right, everybody. That's our program for today. And we're so grateful that we were able to be with you today. But Remember, the most important thing is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Romans 10.9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10.13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. And he will give you a brand new life, a life of joy and peace. And you won't have to be afraid of what will happen to you when you die because you'll know that he said he was going to prepare a place for you. And there will be a place for you in heaven. God bless you all today and thank you for stopping by. Thanks, everybody, in the chat room and all the listeners. And if you want to contact me, you can contact me, Susan, at propheticnews.com. You can email me there, okay? God bless.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.